Broadcasting from the Bet MGM studio, it's time for Inside the Jets. Presented by EY, building a better working world. Now, here's Bart Scott and Dan Grossa. And welcome into another edition of Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. Dan Grossa alongside former New York Jet linebacker Bart Scott. How are you, bud? I can't complain. Stayed up a little later than I thought, but it's okay. Well, these four o'clock games, right? And get used to it because we got a couple more when the team heads out to the West Coast. Yeah. Right? Well, you, well, you know what? I, I think it was good practice for them as well. And I think they came out the right way. I know Flacco wants to have that interception back. But, I mean, talking about making an impact on special teams, you know, you look at the game as a whole, I think they represented themselves well. I know they, you know, disappointed that they didn't get the end result. But they're taking incre- incremental steps, you know, to the direction w- which we hope that they can end up end up in their final destination. But Building I think, blocks. I think, though, when you look at it, you have to, it's fair to say a tale of two halves. Right. You know, they, they dug themselves a hole in the first half. You're down 24 to six at halftime there. And it's funny, too, because the game started off about as well as you could possibly right. want. If you're the Jets there, when you think about the block punt there with the first of Henry Anderson, of all players, who I think played a very, very good game yesterday. We'll get to him in a little bit. They turn that block punt into six. Then the Chargers get the ball. They're driving it down the field. Marcus May with that hit on Keelan Allen forces the, in, uh, the fumble there at the goal line. Now, all of a sudden you're recovering. You're thinking, all right, maybe this is going to be our day. This after is all. the day. And then you mentioned that pick six, and that to me is where the game turned, Bart. The pick six by Campbell there, and Chargers were kind of off and running for the rest of the half. Yeah, and I think, you know, it, you know, momentum shifts, right? You know, it's all about the ebb and flow. You know, it's a roller coaster. Who can handle the down moments and be able to turn that thing around? And it took them to the second half to kind of get control of the game and get the, get the kind of game plan going again. You know, Flacco started to air it out and it looked like the offense was different. I know it was crazy because I didn't know who was calling the plays because you see Loggins, you see Gates, a lot of that, and right? it looks like both of their mouths are moving. So he's like, as, as a spectator, you're like, well, who's calling the plays? They're like, what's going on? But it almost looked like a tale of two halves. You, know, you look at, you know, how Flacco aired it out in the second half. First half, it looked like the passing game was anemic. You know, they, they ran the ball decently. But what I love about this is what you're starting to see is you're starting to see this draft class starting to have an impression and have an imprint. You know, I think uh, you think about Davis, you know, he popped last week. But I think if you look at what Hall did, I, I really respected what he did, knowing that he had tough sledding. Going into the game with only five defensive backs against a team that has three capable receivers that and we know And you're starting three rookies in that secondary. Right. And I thought they competed. Listen, was it pretty? No. Did Herbert throw for a bunch of yards? Yes. But it was about how it looked. They competed. Uh, they weren't afraid of the moment. They were, I think, they were aggressive in tackling in the run game. They were present. They were set in the edge. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times in certain runs or certain defenses, you're, you're responsible for force. And you got to be willing to come up there and set the edge and set the edge aggressively. And, of course, the, the, the staple of this team is, is Makai Becton. Makai Becton, you know, they, they, they weren't volunteering to go over to that side. Joey was, Bosa wasn't. Whether it was Ingram or whether it was Bosa. And it's funny because then they started to pair each other up on, on the other side after Fant got hurt. But that's just a respect. I think these last six games are going to be important for Beckton to get experience against every different type of pass rusher. He's going to get opportunity because I believe that they might try and put Aaron Donald out there when they play those Rams and see what he's willing to do. That's a different type of, uh, of monster beast. But I, even with Aaron Donald, I don't see him really being able to move him. It's about being disciplined. He's going to probably try some aggressive stuff. And if Beckton is continue, able to continue to sh- shut mm-hmm. down these guys – I think the Jets should get at least one pro bowler into the pro bowl. Well, you know, here's the thing about Makai, and, and we know he's been great, but the one thing that would concern you a little bit, at least with me, 
even in yesterday's game, he got that scare because he left, and it was only for four plays, but he, he was getting the in. knee checked out, yeah. and he comes back in. Remember the previous game against the Pats on the Monday night? The he pet. left. He was having breathing problems because he was fighting off a cold and whatnot, but plus he missed games earlier this year. So that's what I want to see, at least for the next six weeks. I want to see him out there each and every snap, right. each and every play, because, look, we know this guy is so talented. He is like capably a once-in-a-generation type player. This is your franchise foundation left tackle that you hope is going to be there for the next 10, 15 years. Yeah, and he shut down a $100 million pass rusher. Right. And he shut down his his partner who who posed a different issue. Who tried. It was, you know, the funniest thing I saw, you know, and it wasn't a commie, but the funniest thing I saw all of yesterday was um, Ingram trying to bull rush Beckton. That like, didn't work well. Like, really? Like, you know how like your little brother comes out and like you like you kind of standing straight up and he pushes you and you take two steps back and then you plant that foot like what are you doing like right. are you serious I will throw you down like okay that's what <laughs> you start seeing Ingram in the, in the second half he he would he would wait for the ball to be passed so he could try and knock it down because he knew that he had no chance and when you have that type of domination that early in your career where t- where guys are trying to figure out what's my counter move because this old fastball the old terminator doesn't work then you have something to build off of and if we can get a couple more guys that are, are like that with that type of mold you talk about maybe you know being being able to build one of the you know, better offense lines in this game. Remember, we talked about that great wall at Dallas. It started with Tyron Smith. Mm-hmm. And then it went to Travis Frederick. Then it went to Martin. You know what I mean? And then it went to some of these pieces. Remember the wall, the great wall that we had here? It started with the Brickershaw Ferguson and Nick, and Nick Mango. Mm-hmm. Then it went to Alan Fanica. Then it went to Damon Woody, Brandon Moore. Or Brandon Moore was here with those guys. But, you know, you know what I'm saying. Like, this can be the beginning of a dominating a dominating thing. I would like to see what Adoga looks like, and I know we can't because Fant is injured. Mm-hmm. I would love to see what Adoga looks like as guard because I feel like maybe maybe we're, we're, we're not putting him in his natural position for the league. And, you know, this right now is all about being able to evaluate some of the young players to see what they have. Throw them out there. You know, well, another guy, Cameron Clark, right? He was another one of the draft picks this year from UNC Charlotte. We listen, haven't seen him yet. What the hell is the injury? I need to figure out what the – Well, what I think the, it's injury and now falling behind just in terms of getting ready to play game-wise. Because, remember, when you look at no training camp, no offseason, all that stuff, I think that set him back a little bit. But that's the type of guy who, you know, to your point, you got six games left. The playoffs are not a reality now because you're mathematically eliminated – Let's see who's going to be part of the future, who's going to be part of the solution. Exactly, and it's about being able to evaluate some of these young guys. I mean, and if, you, if you're if you a fan of the Jets, you should be excited. And I said this on my radio show today. You should be excited because if you look at what this draft class is doing, Mims looks like a oh. stud. For a minute, I was really upset because I thought that they should have went for Chase Claypool. Now he and, Tra- and he's having an amazing it's, year. But then when you look at what Mims is doing and you consider the circumstances that he's not playing with a Hall of Fame quarterback, that he's not playing with all these you know number one receivers, that he hasn't been able to play and get continuity with all his receiving core because there's been guys in and out of the lineup. And look what he's doing in a short period of time. He gives you hope that, man, what, what does a full sample size look like? He just like? keeps getting better. Right. He keeps getting better. High point the ball. And listen, and it's not about even the receptions. It's about the ones that he don't catch. How about that? Because you talk about 71 yards, but then you talk about another 40 or 50 yards and just penalties. Because mm-hmm. guys, you know, they think they can get their hands on him. He's stronger. He has a huge catch radius, and he's high pointing the ball. What I like is I love to see my rookies catching the ball with their hands, not being body catchers, because what happens is eventually that wears off if you're not a natural hands catcher. 
So to your point, like you can be excited about that. You can be excited about Davis. You can be excited about, you know, I'm telling you, I, I, I see something special as far as the, the mentality that you have to have as a lockdown corner in this league. I love what Bryce Hall is doing. And you saw the Chargers even a little bit yesterday, and, and, and this is, you know, nothing against Lamar Jackson. seemed like they were going after Lamar Jackson more than Bryce Hall. Bryce Hall was doing a nice job holding his guy. Then, look, there's going to be lumps. He's only playing in his of second course. NFL game. He's right. still got a ways to go, and he's going to be facing some very good wide receivers the rest of the way. Like, even on the touchdown, the one touchdown in particular yesterday, down in the red zone, where Herbert rolled out of the pocket, and he threw an absolute laser to the back of the end zone to Keenan Allen right in his chest. Lamar Jackson had the guy covered like a blanket. Yeah. But sometimes the quarterback's going to put the ball right where only his receiver right. can get it, and that's going to happen, though. See, but that's, but that's also what you want to see on the flip side from the Jets. But the problem is – they haven't been able to build up chemistry and continuity with their quarterback because they haven't been right. able to play and get the reps. Because that's that's something that's nonverbal communication, uncovered. Right? I'm gonna throw it here and I'm gonna throw it in anticipation because if you wait for him to be open, he's gonna be covered by the time the ball gets there. So that's what you're hoping for. So you, I don't know what the status of Sam Darnold is. Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco's starting to get more comfortable here. So I, you know, really this is about evaluating these young players and, and Perriman just continues to excite. But you just hope that, you know, he's on a one-year deal. You hope Another that long can, touchdown for him Right, yesterday. right. So that's what I'm saying. So it gives you an idea of what it can look like. You have two very – you know, they have similar skill sets, but you can't cover both of them at the same time. You know what I mean? Just imagine if you start putting them on, a, on the same side and using that speed and utilizing that speed to clear out. So, I mean, I think Perriman has a, a lot to prove, as they all do, but Perriman especially because – we haven't been able to see a whole sample size. It's, right. It's kind of like deja vu all over again from last year for him when he stepped in and played the last five games or six games with, with Jameis Winston and had, you know, some of the, the, the most receiving yards in that span of period. But you, we have to see that these guys can put performances back to back. To do that, they have to be healthy. And you think about these young players, what you have to do to be healthy, you really have to start investing and in making sure that you're investing in your body. You're investing because it's so easy to get laxed in that type of preparation, making sure that you're eating right, make sure that you're doing the lifting that you need to feel that you're popping out of your skin. And you got to make, sure, make sure that you're doing your rehab and your prehab. And that takes discipline. It's really hard to do and it's when easy. you're in the middle of a losing season. That's just what I was going to say. It's easy to slack off a little bit, especially when you're 0-10, especially yep. when things aren't going the way you want to. You might start to see the light at the end of the tunnel saying, all right, six more games and I'm done. Then I can go into my offseason. But no, now you got to put in the time. Now you got to put in the work because these games count big picture-wise. Maybe not for this year, yep. but in terms of the overall betterment of this franchise, who's going to be around when this thing turns? It's those type of examples to where – you know the front office is going to be keying in on that stuff. Yeah. And you know the front office is going to be making sure to say, all right, these are the guys we know are going to put in the time, put in the effort, and are going to be here when this thing starts to turn around. Yeah, you can't be a front runner, right? You got to understand that things are not always perfect, but at the end of the day, it's a blessing to play this game. You can't cheat the game because if you cheat the game, it's going to, it's going to collect on you. And, you know, you start slucking off and you start, you know, loafing. That's when you get injured. That's when, you know, sitting around and watching piles and not really being a, a full uh, participant. That's when you start to get injured. So, I mean, I, you know, really, and the guy that really kind of impressed me mm -hmm. was Fadakasi as well. I thought he popped off the screen. He's been having very good games of Yeah, life. and he just has to learn how to convert and become a pass rusher. That's why I told him once again, where you at, Fadi? I told you, Chuck Smith. Chuck Smith will help it's you your take your game to the next level. But as far as being stout at the point mm -hmm. of attack, as far as being able to get penetration and be disruptive, he was that. I counted at least four or five tackles. Him and where think he about was it, back him there and being, Quinnen on the, in the middle of that defensive line. Both of those guys are now getting into the backfield. It seems like Quinnen commanding double teams on a weekly basis. You know, he, no. he's not going to sit there and have the eye-popping sack numbers and so on and so forth, but – 
you could see that when you're watching the film. Yeah. That if they're putting two guys on you, that means, you know what, that's somebody that we can't allow to wreck havoc. And that means somebody else has a one-on-one, Absolutely. which is why I think you saw Harry Anderson have his best day. Um, he must have been living right, eating right. I don't know if he got energized by the power of the you know, West Coast sun. That's right. But he, he, he played in – had his best game of the year, I yeah, thought. Yeah, Maybe I mean, his best game in two years. Yeah, exactly. I mean, let's be real, right? And I, and I think it all started with just, you know, the humility of saying, you know what, I'm not going to um, question why I'm out here for special teams or question what I'm out here doing. I'm just going to do it to the best of my ability. And he made a, a game-changing play. And that's what you want. You want all buy-in from all, you know, everybody on your roster. And that's what they're, what they're getting. The effort is always there. It's just the execution and it's the ability to finish. And I think they're trying to learn how to finish. But, you know, it's, it's about being put in these situations. That's what this whole you know, rest of the season is about, evaluation. Inside the Jets, broadcast from the BetMGM studio. Place your football parlays, props, and futures bets at BetMGM Sports all season long. Another guy we should mention, you know, showed up again yesterday. And we've been waiting for a while. And Chris Herndon had a couple of catches. Overcame a drop earlier in the yeah. game. Had a couple catches touchdown reception that touchdown catch even though it was only a few six yards or whatever it was but you go back and you watch the replay he was kind of fighting it a little bit you know what I'm saying he kind of had a little bobble first as he was falling back at it before yeah. he secured the ball and fell out of bounds there it's not only a good sign it's a great sign potentially because this is a guy and look if you follow the Jets you're listening to the program you're a Jets fan this is somebody who you expected so much from this year we all did they did he did Maybe he was the best player on the field during training camp. Yeah. It just hasn't worked out that way. You hope. I mean, if we could sit here and say, Bart, that that performance yesterday is going to spur Chris Herndon on to six straight games to close the season of productive football, and we're going to hear from him in a little bit. He's going to join us, actually, as a matter of fact. Not just that's why we're talking him up. Did you text him? I didn't text him yet, oh, okay. no. But think about what type of a dimension that could bring to this offense for everybody involved. But those are the easy throws. You see some of the – you know, the, the best quarterbacks or who we consider the best quarterbacks always go to their tight end because it's easy throws. is right over the, the, the hashes. It's easy for hot routes. You know, God, teams are trying to heat the Jets up. It's going to be imperative that he's able to make them pay with yak yards, right? So let's hopefully, you know, this was just a sign of things to come. And, that you know, maybe Joe Flacco starts to trust him a little bit more. Sam Darnold, we know, trust him. Mm -hmm. And he can start, you know, giving him some, some more 50-50 opportunities. And listen, you know, that's how it snowballs. You start balling out, they start, you know, actually designing plays and make you the primary receiver. You know, Jamison Crowder, it's funny. When the other two guys now have produced, right, Perryman and Mims are getting some targets, making some plays, and then you have Jamison Crowder, who had been the big playmaker offensively, at least the receiver. He's been kind of quiet the last couple of, uh, of games. But – it's also then that weapon that you still have. They're like, oh, yeah, don't forget about him because right. he is also somebody that can be very, very productive for you. And that's the shame of it all. When you look back, you know, at woulda, coulda, shoulda. And I know that we can ask those questions yeah. in life, not just in football and in sports here. But if these guys were healthy all season long, if they were out there each and every Sunday, what this offense could have looked like. Maybe they'd have a couple of more wins on their ledger right now. But um, it should be fun the rest of the yeah, season. I can tell you that. Go, we're going to have to see it, you know, in a high competitive environment because they're going to be going against teams that are all playoff contenders and teams that are trying to, to, to solidify and stamp their ticket to the tournament. You look at the upcoming schedule now. You play the Miami Dolphins again. Okay, team you just played ruin, what, about a month ruin ago? A, ruin a life. If you can't go saying, listen, I, nobody else is going to. Well, that's what it should be, right? Especially against a rival, a team in your division, a team that, you and know. they lost a tough game yesterday. They benched, they benched. Uh, benched Tua. Tua, and, you know, when you look at that and break that game down, maybe it's something there. You know, after guys play one or two seasons, 
you know, one or two or three games, you start to get an you know, idea of what the team wants to do with them and look at how they're utilized and look at the personnel's his strengths, his weaknesses. And they lit him up yesterday. The Broncos lit him up to the tune. They of ran six, all over him. Six, six sacks, right? Six so, sacks. So, so maybe they gave you the blueprint of how you should attack this Miami Dolphins team. Who was on fire? Who has been on fire? But, then, you know, they took a significant blow to their, their uh, postseason hopes as well. And they're going to go back to two at a start, which I think is the right decision here yeah, because, I mean, you, he, he's your future and you, you've won with him already. You know, and, and quarterbacks are going to have these bad games. You can't just abandon ship, you know, with the first sign of trouble there. That's not the way it should go. But, you know, when you look at it from the professional pride standpoint of the guys in this locker yeah. room, you got shut out by them at their place earlier this season. Yep. You know, you were kind of like the laughing stock in the league mm -hmm. that day because you got shut out. Your head coach, this is his former team. Yep. As you said, this is a team that wants to go to the playoffs in Miami. You can be somebody that prevents that from happening. There are enough variables that when you add them all together, Misery. if you need any extra motivation for this game, you have plenty of them because you're playing a team that – you're not supposed to get along yeah. with. Yeah, misery loves company. Yep. So if I, if I can't go, guess what? I'm you going can't down, go you're this. going with me. Yeah, exactly. You know, crabs in the bucket, pull them back down with you. And I think, you know, you can take something out. Once, really, also your fans buy into it, and your fans really hate this team as well. So whenever you can get your fans a treat and give them a sense of pride, at least bragging rights for a week, that's a good thing. So I think coming in, you know, continue to have the preparations they had, but they got to they gotta put on the field. And remember how they celebrated, how they boasted, yep. you know, when they beat you. And use that as motivation, not not on Sunday, but use that on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday to help you to do the little things that help you win the game on Sunday. And big picture, too, you look at the remaining schedule, six games. Yep. Each one of those six teams, they're fighting for a playoff spot. Even the Patriots, who, believe it or not, we've never been able to say this in 20 years, but the only team the Jets still have on the schedule with a losing record, the 4-6 and six New England Patriots. But they could still be very much in the hunt once that Week 17 game rolls around. So it's not going to be easy for them, but they do have plenty of chances here to play spoiler and possibly wreck somebody else this season so we'll see what happens there still a lot more to come here when we return on inside the jets presented by ey building a better working world and welcome back to inside the jets presented by ey building a better working world dan grasso alongside bart scott it's time now for our player guest segment presented by ey building a better working world and we're pleased to be joined today by the jet tight end he's chris herndon who's nice enough to join us after a game in which he found the end zone which is always a good thing chris dan grasso bart scott here thanks for joining us here on inside the jets how are you thank you guys for having me i'm good just uh enjoying a little off time the team gave us today to get my mind back right get my body right get ready for another week are you going to pick up that honey baked ham or the turkey for thanksgiving on thursday uh i won't be but <laughs> it'll it'll get it'll get cooked <laughs> what, what, what's your Thanksgiving, um, you know, tradition going on now? You know, when you're in the league, you know, for the first time we were able to kind of sit down and kind of watch Thursday night football. You know, you guys will probably have the day off. But it's going to be a little different because, you know, we can't have traditionally the family that we're going to have in that we're accustomed to having in. How would that maybe adjust your, your, your Thanksgiving Thursday tradition? Uh, well, considering the fact that I haven't really gotten a real tradition yet being in the league, uh, funny story, my rookie year, I forgot to uh, coordinate whose house I was going to. And I forgot stores would be closing kind of early. So my Thanksgiving meal my rookie year was some cereal. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how that's going to be different. That's a big that's a big drop off from the first Thanksgiving. Oh, that's we, sure. we, we, listen, we, listen, we're not gonna let you off the hook now. You can't just say cereal. What kind of cereal? Because yeah. that says a lot about the type of person you are. The cereal, the Pacific cereal. Uh, that you I went to CVS like I was desperate. <laughs> you went like, to CVS. Today, I got some, I got some chip, I got some <laughs> chips and dip, just to make it kind of festive. And I had some, 
cereal was the main course. I think it was a uh, oh man some type of Cheerios. some type of Cheerios. <laughs> really, he would got some honey bacon, some honey nut Cheerios. Right. Oh, man. So they think about NFL players, you know, you think, you, you know, you're making a nice living and all this stuff. And your first Thanksgiving as an NFL player, it's courtesy of CVS with the cereal and the chips and dip. Nothing could be better, right? Oh, man. Yeah, it was. I sent the, I sent the pictures to my family. They were all <laughs> laughing at me like, we told you this and that. You always wait last minute to plan stuff. I was like, yeah, yeah, y'all, y'all won. And listen, I can tell I can tell it was a blind lead to blind because no matter what, no matter what the holiday is, I need you to know this. The Chinese restaurant is always open, bro. So so you didn't you didn't have to eat hot pockets. Yeah, food. that's what I <laughs> That's why I was surprised. They every they were closed too. Oh really? <laughs> so then you're really uh, up a everywhere. I tried a pizza Oh man, that's what's up. So you know, you know, yeah. you know, yesterday yesterday was I think, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys have another trip out west. You know, how was that dress rehearsal yesterday, you know, important as far as getting your, your, your West Coast trip routine down, trying to figure out? Because I always found it difficult for me when we went to the West Coast is your body clock's off and you don't really know when to eat your meal to be able to have the proper uh, energy and nutrition and be ready to go for, for the game. How did you find that yesterday? Uh, really, the the strength staff, they did a good job of, um, we had a big virtual meeting before we left, and they kind of gave us a little uh, guidelines on when to eat, how much to eat, especially, you know, the five, six-hour flat we took. A lot of people uh, were trying to figure out their, their routine for that. Also, you know, making sure we were hydrating, uh, trying to make sure we're getting a proper sleep, too, because I know for me, I struggle sleeping because I would go to sleep earlier than expected and wake up at, like, the two days we were there, I woke up at 4 a.m. each day. So um, the, the, the staff, they did a good job, you know, helping us. And I applaud them because if I had to figure out on my own, I des- definitely would have failed. How rewarding was it for you yesterday to catch a couple of passes? You had the touchdown as well to once again be a part of this offense in the passing game. Uh, I was just thankful, you know, I haven't, uh, I haven't really, you know, done my part as far as, uh, holding my end of the stick up on, you know, this season and, you know, a lot of self-inflicted stuff, you know, not catching the ball, a couple drops, fumbles. And, you know, yesterday it was, uh, it really felt good to, to see myself have a little bit of success again and, you know, just get that encouragement from my teammates. And I pre- I really, I was thankful for those moments yesterday. Now, how do you, how do you build off of that? And, you know, with the additions of being able to have Mims kind of stepping his game up and being healthy and Perriman step his game up being healthy, you know, their defense is going to have to start to focus on them. How does that open up the middle of the field and the hashes for you to be able to be more effective in the passing game? Uh, for me, it's just, it just comes down to, you know, watching film, seeing my opponent, seeing, you know, who my matchup will kind of be for that game and seeing, you know, what the coaches think. And also, you know, my, the way I practice and uh, train for that week is huge as well. It's not just, you know, game day where magic happens. I, I'm a big believer in, you know, how you practice is how you play. So uh, just practicing great habits throughout the week, you know, running routes, catching the ball, tucking it, uh, finishing after you catch the ball, I feel like uh, 
that's where all that stuff will help me come game day. Now you're 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 a Miami alum, right? And um, you know when we come out and we all grew up, we got our heroes. You know, I mean, you have a, a hell of a tradition, you know, coming from that, you know, that, that university with so many great players, especially how they dominated the NFL in the early 2000s with just all the, the, the talent that they were putting into the league. But when you go to your top five, you know, tight ends of all time, you know, build, build your, your, your perfect tight end. And who were some of your influences growing up? And who do you try and model your game after, whether current or present? Uh, well, like I've told a lot of people that ask me that question, uh, growing up, I was, you know, naturally not a Miami fan. So it was kind of hard to track, you know, their tight ends. But definitely when I got there, I understood the, you know, significance of the, the position from that, from the school. But if I were to give my favorite all time, it would definitely be Antonio Gates. Uh, Gonzalez, definitely Jimmy Graham is in there. Shaki, and two of the most recent for me, uh, I played with those guys and um, just, you know, kind of seeing how they worked and just, you know, getting, you know, the brotherhood with them. It's between Clive and David just because uh, I got really close with those guys and they had a lot of success at the school and, you know, have made their plays and made their legacy in the league. So I'd, I'd put those two in definitely for sure. Clive Wofford and David Njoku. We're talking with Chris Herndon here on Inside the Jets, supported by Selective Insurance, Be Uniquely Insured. Now, a lot of those guys that you just mentioned, Chris, and everybody knows this with tight ends, you got to be very athletic to play the position. But most of those guys you <clears throat> rattled off there, they also got some basketball game as part of their history. So how are you on the hardwood? What's your basketball game like? Uh, I actually, I started playing basketball first when I was four and I always dreamed of being, you know, in the NBA until I got into high school. I actually started lifting weights and started gaining some weight and football became more natural for me. And, uh, but that I was definitely, uh, I, I could hoop growing up. I played it all through high school. As I got older, I got, I had more of like a reserved role because, I started getting more attention to football, but I still had the athleticism and, you know, skill to be on the team. So I was I, I naturally just played it throughout high school. Chris, so, hang tight. We want to have more with you coming up here in just a bit on Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. Welcome back to Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. Dan Grasso alongside Bart Scott, and we're chatting with Jets tight end Chris Herndon. Our player guest segment is presented by EY, building a better working world. You know, there was a lot of expectations for this team, this offense, coming into the season, Chris, and, and yourself no different. You had such a good training camp. You know, at times your coaches, your teammates, you know, mention you as being the best player out on the field here during camp. So your production individually hasn't matched up to what I think a lot of people expected from you this year. Have you kept your confidence high throughout this difficult season, despite the challenges on the field? Yeah, definitely. I've definitely had to uh, continue to work on that as well, because uh, it's just natural as an athlete when you feel like you're putting in the work and, you're not getting the results, you, you naturally start, you know, start uh, formulating a bunch of thoughts in your head. But 
that's one thing I've done my best to continue to work on and truthfully just, you know, finding ways that I could go harder or do more of, continue to stay in the weight room, make sure uh, my body's in shape, continue to study, continuing to, you know, eat the right things, making sure I'm putting the right things in my body so that I'm ready, you know, come game day. But uh, definitely, I've definitely, you know, continue to work hard and stay confident in myself through, you know, how the season has played out. Has it been more challenging for you in any way, the fact that there's been multiple quarterbacks in this offense? You know, Sam started, then he got hurt, then Joe came in, then it was Sam again, and he got hurt again. Now you're back to Joe. Is that difficult in any way for a receiver, in your case, a tight end, having to play off of different quarterbacks and their tendencies? Uh, you would think so, but we've, we've had so many, like you said, different scenarios where one is down and the other is dressing. And, you know, we've had that time on the field to throw routes, you know, seven on sevens, uh, team periods. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, with this profession, you have to, you have to learn to adapt and adjust. And I feel like the whole team has done a a good job, not just at the quarterback position. You know, people, you know, with this game or can go down at any moment. I feel like we, we do our best to, you know, be prepared for that. When you look at this season and the way it's unfolded so far, you're 0-10, eliminated from the playoffs, so the postseason is not going to factor in. What is the mentality for these final six games? Is it continue to get better? Is it play spoiler for the opponents that you're going to be facing each and every week? Or is it a combination of both here? Um, really, for us, it's continuing to, to get better. At the end of the day, we, we still have, you know, a goal and a mission. And just because, you know, now we're not in playoff, that doesn't mean for the rest of the season, just go out there and, you know, take up space. We still want to go out there and put, you know, put together good games, put, you know, good film and, you know, give teams a reason to, to game plan for us. Don't, you know, we, we still have our own pride, our own reasons for being out there. And I believe in our locker room, we're all doing a good job of keeping focus and just taking it day by day. You're only in your third year here, and probably this has been the most challenging season, at least on the field for you. Last year you were injured and spent a lot of your time rehabbing away from the field. But when there comes adversity, when there comes challenges, and there is a season as challenging as this one, do you believe that there could be positives to gain that can help you in the long run as you move forward in your career? Yes, I feel like, you know, in times like this is when your true colors come out, your your character is uh, shown a little more because uh, this is a situation where, you know, every, you know, people doubt us, people, you know, don't really give us much of a chance. And we could give in to that. We could listen to all that and, you know, give them valid reasons to feel that way. But um, as football players and as men, uh, I, from what I see, I see everybody coming out there to practice each and every day, to the games each and every day with great energy, great focus. And, you know, 
blocking out whatever whatever everyone else is saying because at the end of the day, like I said, we're out there and we're gonna give it all until the season is over. So um, that's how I feel. Yeah. Well, well, a little motivation, right? You got the Dolphins coming in, and you know they kind of you know kind of celebrated a little excessively, I believe, in my in my book. How 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 um, does that help you prepare that you're seeing a, a, an opponent uh, for the second time this year? And, um, you know, how does that kind of have the focus going with everybody understanding this is a divisional opponent and this means a lot not only to you guys but also to the fans that root for you guys? Um, it's definitely, you know, the second time going around, we, we had a chance to see what they do. We've watched film on them. And, you know, they've also watched film on us. So now it's just getting back out there and, you know, running through, you know, certain looks or for the defense, seeing certain looks. And uh, like the coaches say, there's not going to be too many more changes at this point in the season. So for us, it's really just getting back out there and, uh, you know, trusting what the coaches have for us and believe that the game plan and everything they have us doing for that week is going to prepare us for that game because, you know, like I said, we've already played them before. So now it's just, you know, time to go out there and execute it. Well, Chris, thanks for joining us today, man. We really appreciate it. And have a happy Thanksgiving. And, and again, stay away from CVS for Thanksgiving. Make sure you get the nice bird or the ham or something, and you can enjoy a nice Thanksgiving Well, Thursday, well, just, right? so you, just so you know, Popeye's gives deep-fried turkeys, too, during the, during the holiday time. There you, you know go. What I'm or that. That's another no, I'm option. I'm good. I'm good this year. I oh, got it good. all okay. figured out. All right, cool. Okay, I was about to say, I'll send you a care package from the crib. Teflon. Nice. Chris, thanks again, <laughs> man, and, and continued success the rest of the season. We always appreciate talking to you. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. All right. There's Jets tight end Chris Herndon. We got a lot more to do here on Inside the Jets presented by EY, building a better working world. Welcome back to Inside the Jets presented by EY, building a better working world. Dan Gross alongside Bart Scott. Remember, Jet fans, you can watch Inside the Jets through the Jets app presented by BetMGM. Go to the App Store or Google Play right now and search official New York Jets. Bart. I also want the Jet fans to also help MetLife celebrate the incredible workforce of the tri-state area. Submit your idea for a two-story high mural being installed at MetLife Stadium. To do that, go to nyjets.com slash MetLife to submit your designs today. Two-story high mural. That is a high mural. Yeah. But wish we could see it, Probably right? going to need a ladder. Oh, I think so. Unless you're really, really like Manute Boltol or something like that. But I don't even know if that's going to get it Bobo. done for you. Bobo. He's got some <laughs> game. We know he's got some game. Watch out for him moving forward here. Let's get a little bit more in from yesterday's game. Eric Allen, senior reporter, and our pal, former Jet tight end Anthony Beck, have the lowdown. Guys? Thanks, fellas. Hey, Anthony, when you look at this ball game, a 34-28 loss for the Jets in Los Angeles to the Chargers, they just dug themselves too big of an early hole to come back from. You're right. I mean, totally different teams uh, from the first two and a half quarters to the last quarter and a half. Um, you know, everything that I saw from mid third quarter on is kind of exactly what I wanted to see this team do with a full receiving quarterback, a quarterback that's got a hose for an arm who can throw the ball down the field, take the opportunities, take the chances. Listen, it was a nice rally for the Jets. That, that's the positive. You love to see that kind of tempo and that style throughout the entire game. This team's got nothing to lose, right? So you go out and just let, lay it all out on the line. Get your best plays together and utilize them. 
Unfortunately for the Jets, they waited a little too long uh, to put that all together until the second half. Were you encouraged by the play of Denzel Mims? We talk about the rookie each week. He comes up with a career-high 72 yards receiving on just three receptions. You're right. Mims does come up big. It doesn't surprise me because I've seen it. I, you know, I expected him to have a big game. My peerless prediction was get 100 yards. He, you know, if he would have got a couple targets in the first half, he probably would have had over 100 yards in this game. So uh, his, his confidence is high. The reason why is you're getting him opportunities. That's how you build uh, a young receiver up. That's how you get him to play at his highest level. And right now, that's your best opportunity to have him be one of the better receivers, really. And if you want, in the league as a rookie to finish out these last couple games, if you continue to feed him the ball or give him the attempts like you did in the second half of this game. The Jets have to figure out a way to get off the field defensively on third down. We knew the secondary had a tall challenge starting three guys in the defensive backfield who are rookies in Bryce Hall, Lamar Jackson, and Ashton Davis. But final point here let's go back to the offensive side of the ball LaMichael P. Ryan, he gets into the end zone his second career touchdown and we have to congratulate Frank Gore who continues to play hard for this team his 80th career rush touchdown which ties Edron James for 20th place all time yeah the man has stead the the, the the length of time here and just done a great job uh, and you know coach Gase and the staff have continued to give him the opportunities uh, that he rightfully deserves. You know, Gore's a fighter. He's been a tremendous leader. He deserves everything he gets, and he earns everything he gets as well. So uh, it's great to see he's he's an ultra, ultra competitor, and he's an ex a great example in the field for the players. So the Jets fall to 0-10 and 10 on the season with a one-possession loss to the L.A. Chargers. The final from Los Angeles, 34-28. to 28. For Anthony Beck, I'm Eric Allen. Thanks a lot, EA and AB. And, and, you know, just to piggyback off of what they said, Bart, you know, we kind of hit on it earlier in the show here. You don't want to dig yourself too deep of a hole right. in this case because, look, you know, you're margin not 100%. For margin, margin for, for error, error is, is, is slim to slim none. Right? When you're 0-10 right now, let's face it, you have to play almost perfect football to win a football game, especially when you're playing these good teams. And, you know, that's what's still on the schedule the rest of the way for this club. Yeah, they have to do it all, all three phases. I think, you know, creating opportunities you know one thing that this Jets defense hasn't done that, that it had did at a high clip last year with Greg Williams is turn the yep. football over and get turnovers and create short fields for the offense and um, that's part of being a complimentary to each other I thought yesterday the special team stepped up um, I would like to see that improve but also I love the easy scores I love the fact that they're pushing the ball down the field because when you throw the ball down the field Four things are going to happen, but three of them are, are for the offense and offensive favor. Okay, either you're going to have an incompletion or you're going to have a catch or you're going to have an illegal contact or you're going to have a P.I. Yep. And every once in a while, every blue moon is hard. You rarely see one-on-one -on -one coverage where the guy actually intercepts it, right? That's usually the, 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 that's the smallest percentage you know, because guys are just trying to make sure that you don't catch it. So, I mean, I think that they, if they continue to push the ball down the field, you can get chunks because it's hard to methodically push the ball down the field 13, 14 play drives without something bad happening on the offensive side of the ball to push you behind the sticks. And maybe, just maybe, now that you're starting to get some production on the outside, we know that Crowder is elite. Mm -hmm. He's able to win those one-on-one -on -one matchups. That'll allow maybe the intermediate routes to start to be able to, to, take, to take hold and start to be effective with Herndon 
if, you know, we got to understand this league, it's all about confidence. When you lose your confidence, sometimes you can really slow you down and hurt your productivity because most of the game, 80% of the game is played from the shoulders up. So if they can get his head right and he can see some opportunities where, where the field is open, because once you – you have to understand, when, you, when you're dinking and dunking, you're only using the horizontal part of the field. But when you stretch the field down, down, down field – It's a big plus. Now you open 20, 30 yards of real estate and you force these guys to have to defend large chunks of, of real estate. And, you know, linebackers, you know, I know it's my position, but they can't help it. It's like a dog chasing their tail. They can't help it when you establish the running game. They have no choice but to come up, and that opens up a huge void behind them in front of the safeties who's going to have to start getting over the top. Because, listen, you can only keep keep trying to say, okay, we're going to one-on-one pyramid, we're going to one-on-one mims. Eventually they're going to have to put safeties and roll safeties over that way, and it's going to create a huge void out there. Real quickly, too, from Adam Gase's uh, conference call with the media, uh, earlier in the afternoon. Still had no definitive word about Sam Darnold yet. They're going to give it a shot on Wednesday to see how the shoulder's feeling, if he's going to be able to practice. So at this time, we don't know who's going to be under center against the Dolphins, whether it's Darnold, whether it's Flacco. We do know, though. Can I go out on a limb? Yeah. Can, can, I, can I say where, where I'm leaning? If he's going to practice on Wednesday, I'm going to say 85% with the current climate that we're in. Mm-hmm. Darnold's going to play. I don't care if that thing is burning. He won't let any of us know that it hurts. That's the competitor in him. He understands that he has a lot to prove. And he's looking at all these shiny toys that Joe Flacco gets to play with. He wants with. in on the action He's looking on the bit. outside. Crowder, he's like, man, Crowder's not eating the way I like to feed Crowder. I like to give Crowder at least 10 to 15 targets. Okay, I can't give him 10 to 15 because this young man on the outside, Mims, is doing his thing. And guess what? I'm looking at Perriman make big play after big play. <laughs> I got to get out here, baby. I got to go out and get some of my visible Willie Beam and juice out here so I can see I'll show you guys what I can do with the shiny new toys that I work with the entire training camp but it's one thing to get he's a competitor you're a former player you want to be out there each and every play you never want to come off the field I I get how that works here but if he's not 100 percent and look, he plays quarterback. It's a physical game. He's going to take hits. Yep. He's going to take a hit. God, for, look at what happened. Let me tell you. When we were watching, the, when he re-injured the shoulder against the Kansas City Chiefs, we didn't think anything of it at the time. Yep. He ran. He went down. He got hit. Popped right back up. But you never know. Are you, you know injured? What I'm saying? Are you hurt? There's a difference. Listen, listen. This sometimes when in case of emergency, break glass. Right. And when you listen to what's being said on radio networks, if you listen about what's being said on TV about Sam. Sam has something to prove. And listen, it's like you ever seen one of my favorite movies of all time is Predator. And I can remember it was a scene in Predator when Jesse the Body Ventura, my guy. The governor. The governor got (laughs) shot in his side. He said, Jesse, you're bleeding. And Jesse said what? Ain't got time to bleed. So when I say 85%, the football player in Sam is going to come to the forefront and command his body what to do. I'm telling you, 85% in me is I hear telling everything. me he w- if it hurt, yeah. he will not let you know that it hurts. I hear you. Everything you're saying is 100% right, and I'm sure that he feels that way. But then if you take a step back, if he's not 100%, and if it's going to impact his performance, like we saw him try to fire that sucker up a couple of weeks ago, and he told the coach, he's like, you know what? I'm just not feeling it on my fastball. I can't go. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So, it's going to be a tough decision. We know, but I hear what you're saying. Everybody wants to play. If I was a betting man, everybody wants to go out there, and we'll find out Wednesday, right? And I'm sure if you're the Jets, you want your guy out there. Well, let's talk about what's going on around the league tonight. We got a delight, man. And listen, what listen, football is the gift that keeps on giving. Mm-hmm. They're going, we're going to be eating our turkeys. And listen, I know early on we're going to have that background noise. And listen, I love them because it's been a part of my life. 
the Lions are going to play. Nobody wants to see that. Lions-Texans is the worst of the three games no, no, on Thanksgiving. No, nobody, it's the worst game. But, but, but I tell you what, it, it can mess around to be the most exciting because, like, those two teams are equally bad. When you have two bad teams playing each other, it usually plays out to be a but good game. But at least Dallas-Washington is for first place in the NFCs. They're two bad teams, but at least there's some gain there. Yeah, it is. But, man. Deshaun Watson's playing out of his mind, by the way, that, last that, several that, weeks. That night game? Ooh, if, it, if, it's, if, it's, if it's played, if it's played, right? If right. it's played because of COVID, right. they're in a protocol. It looks like Dobbins is, is, is in a protocol, and it looks like Ingram is in a protocol. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just going to be Gus Edwards. They may have to pick up some guys off the scrap heap. Rutgers. Maybe Bilal. Rutgers. Maybe Bilal Powell. No, I'm just playing. How about you mentioned to, how about tonight's game, though? Yes. With Tampa Bay and L.A. The thing about the NFC is it seems like the last three, four weeks, after each and every week, you have a new opinion as to who the best team in the I, NFC is. I hate is. those knee-jerk jerk but, but, but that's how it is. And I'll tell you this about the Rams, though. People are sleeping on They've the Rams. They've been consistent. They've been consistent. Because the Rams should be even better than they are. Think about it. They had that Buffalo game. They had that phantom pass interference call down by the goal line, which cost them. Miami, yeah, they lost the game. Right. But they beat those guys up and down the field. They made mistakes in some of the other areas of the game. Rams are a dangerous team, and it wouldn't shock me if they go down to Tampa and, and win and, tonight. And, and, I mean, it's good that they're right, right under the radar. But I think last week, and listen, I never jumped off the Tampa train even when they lost and got embarrassed by, by the Saints because I believe that this is a team trying to find their identity offensively, trying to figure out what their best personnel is. And every time they think they have it figured out, they get a new shiny toy. So, you know, they thought that, okay, well, this is what we're going to do. Uh, Godwin's out. So they start going with these two tight end sets and going with all these heavy fronts and, and letting the ball run through the ground game. And then they say, you know what, we got Antonio Brown. So they try to force him in, right. and it messed up their consistency and continuity. I think their best – personnel grouping is two tight ends with two receivers on the outside and just let Antonio Brown come in and replace one of those guys. Antonio Brown is an insurance policy because Evans always gets hurt. Godwin always gets hurt. So now don't try to put all three of them out there all at the same time. Lead it because if it goes through Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette, we, we glow and talk about Nick Chubb and we talk about Kareem Hunt. They, have the, ability, they have the ability to do the same thing. But 100%. guess what? They, they're Odell Beckham, which is Godwin, is still healthy. And guess what? They got a surplus because they got another one and, and Antonio Brown. So this is going to be a great game. And I think to me, and I've never wavered, I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the most complete roster in the business. And outside, 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 outside of Cleveland. It's a big statement game tonight. Happy Thanksgiving gobble, to gobble. you and the family. We'll do it again next week. He's Bart Scott. I'm Dan Grasa. Thanks for listening to Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody.